Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. And I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. Today I'm excited because we got a crack team with me here to help me do a crack show full of media <laughs> full of crack. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think about phrasing it. But yeah, either way you want to take it. That's well done. Well so, done, Janelle. Welcome to Comic Book Nation, season four, the crack era. But uh, yeah, I'm going to get something via Viacom legal. Jesus. Right. Uh, but anyway, in in with me for this little rendition of the wire is none other than Matthew Aguilar. You're welcome. Oh my god! <laughs> you're not helping the crack. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're, oh. Yeah, you're really that not helping the crack. Was cool and not, you know. Oh man. Okay. So moving on. So Joe Wheeler's here with us. Hi you? everybody. <laughs> I'm really yeah, happy to be here. We are very excited to. Uh, this is not making our show look good. You're just going to be glad <laughs> you landed on this other show. Uh, from Phase Zero, our Marvel podcast. One of that, the, the main host of that show, Jenna Anderson, is with us today. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to talk about Snowflame, the cocaine superhero of, or supervillain of DC Comics. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Way to bring obviously, this I guess that's what around. we're doing here. So, but no, happy yeah. to be here. Yeah. See, we needed somebody from the from the happy show to help save this show from its own <laughs> from its own tendencies. But uh, Jenna's here because she's actually defecting from the Marvel side today. For a well, maybe in part just for a little DC rundown because she is also one of our biggest kind of DC comics and media people on comicbook.com, along with Nicole Drum, who was just with us a couple episodes ago. And so Jenna was the person who stepped into the breach for us to see this new Peacemaker series on HBO Max before the rest of us. She got to check it out and do the review for comicbook.com, which you guys should check out on comicbook.com DC or comicbook.com TV or any one of those channels. And she got to talk with the cast and crew of Peacemaker. So we will be showing you some of her kind of adventures doing that as she chatted with director James Gunn. We're going to get to that in a bit. But first, Jenna, let's give you the floor. Take a big gulp of water because <laughs> we need you to tell us what's up with this new Peacemaker TV series. Do you just mean like in terms of quality or in terms of like where it's set? Like what do you however mean you however you want to tee okay. up your this series and your coverage of it? It's really it's really your so, bag at this point. So the show is set after the events of the Suicide Squad. It deals with Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Peacemaker, played by John Cena, as he was in the hospital at the end of the Suicide Squad, almost on the brink of death, and now he's better and trying to figure out kind of what his path is forward. And so the show deals with him and a new task force of people and a new sort of... Uh, a new mystery that they have to solve that goes into James Gunn, very James Gunn territory over the course of the show. Um, if you have read my review, I think the show is just so delightful. I think it really gets the kind of essence of the weirdest aspects of DC Comics, which is like you can tell a story about a superhero who is not necessarily an A-lister or even a B-lister, but you can make it feel complete and you can make their acknowledgement of the larger DC universe almost enhances the larger universe. Like the jokes that they make about Aquaman and 
and other superheroes across the show only make it feel like a more comprehensive universe in its own little weird way. So I love the show. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about it because I've seen the first seven episodes, so I'm going to have to make sure I don't accidentally spoil things. Whoa. But I think the show is just so much fun, and I'm so happy that it's out in the world now. Wow. Okay. So yes, yeah, you you have like the you have the uh, you have that Brandon Davis level of knowledge of what's going on <laughs> and what reality are you in with the one where us norms don't know. But um, yes, the first three <laughs> episodes are now out on HBO Max, Peacemaker. And if you're watching the show right now, you'll see uh, Richards in the back, handy with our peace hashtag Peacemaker Party hashtag. If you want to go to that hashtag, uh, comicbook.com's Brandon Davis actually hosted a watch party for the first three episodes of Peacemaker, which included James Gunn and other people jumping in to get in on the fun. And there's a lot of fun tidbits in, in those chat threads that you should absolutely check out and we'll be talking about. And we've already done some stuff about, you know, Gunn revealing like deleted scenes from the Suicide Squad that he remixed in the Peacemaker, things like that. So check out the hashtag Peacemaker Party on the socials, on Twitter. Um, to kind of catch up with everything we put together for our Peacemaker yeah, party. Yeah, I think they're doing it tonight, too, right? They are. Yeah. They did yes. the first episode first last episode night. First episode last night. Okay, good. Well, and then the other two tonight with I'm James Gunn taking over here. DC. Hey, I have a role. <laughs> yeah, somebody's here to promote comic book stuff. <laughs> One of our contract employees doing well. Janelle is killing comic book. Yes. Yeah, um, Absolutely. So, that's a good crap. segue. So, in addition, like I said, James Gunn was involved in kind of, he'll be stepping in for that, but... Jenna also got to sit down and talk with James Gunn himself. So why don't we give people a taste of what that was like? Richard. Many things I love about Peacemaker is how it deals with the kind of complicated aspects of masculinity. It's something that's always kind of been in the subtext of superhero media, but what made you want to put it at the forefront of his story in such a powerful way? You know, I think that, you know, it's, 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 that is, I didn't, I didn't go out to say I want to tell a story about toxic masculinity, you know, um, uh, just like I didn't do that in, in my other movies where it, well, a little bit more so in Suicide Squad, actually, I did. That was sort of in the forefront of, of my brain. You know, I mean, at the end of the movie, you see the character that's the masculine character find, saves a day by becoming completely vulnerable uh, with Ratcatcher. So it's always a part of the stuff I do. Um, but I think that for me, really, it was about uh, Peacemaker's political belief system. And some of the masculinity issues are part and partial with that. Um, and it was about having somebody like Peacemaker, who has this umbrella of beliefs over him and believes everything he reads on the Internet. And then having Leota Adebayo, played by Daniel Brooks, who has a completely different way of looking at the world. And yet somehow they find something in each other that is common and actually really love each other. Um, and that, uh, that relationship to me is a central love story. It's not romantic. It's not sexual. It's just about, you know, two people who can see beyond the exterior of what people are to who they really are as human beings. And it is that understanding and that compassion that I think allows for change in this world. And I think that it's something that is not given out very easily. We aren't very generous, especially on social media. Um, and generosity is something that we could all use a little bit more of, including me. 
I love that. So um, as a DC fan, there are some name drops and references across the show that like blew my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you found a way to work these in here. Um, What was the decision process behind some of the the characters you chose to name drop? Because they feel very intentional and they're not always associated with Peacemaker's world. (laughs) I just, you know, it's almost like playing a massive prank on (laughs) the DCEU to make that my canon. Um, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, I can't say there was some big, you know, some big thought process to it. You know, I'm writing and these things come up and then I just sort of go with them. Um, I do think that Peacemaker's relationship to other superheroes is very specific. He is envious. Um, he, uh, he wants to be in that Holy Trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. He is not. Um, he wants to be a member of the Justice League and they would never let him into the Justice League. Um, and uh, and he wishes that people loved him as much as they love Aquaman, but they don't. Um, so he believes anything, you know, kind of, you know, picks out what he wants to believe on the Internet, which what any random Joe has, as you know, tweeted or put on. Uh, he also doesn't quite understand the Internet. You know, <laughs> I, he's not very well versed in the Internet. And so he sees something on Facebook and somehow he thinks that's fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it also serves his, his envy to believe these things about people. <laughs> I personally, the matter eater lad reference just made my entire week. Yeah. Like that was that was spectacular. Um, thank you so much, James, for taking the time to talk to me and congrats on the show. This was such a way to get to chat with you. Uh, thanks, Jenna. Take care. Whoa, Jenna got to break it down with James Gunn, as you said, as you saw right there. Um, was that your first time talking to him? It was. I could have asked him hours worth of questions, like oh, yeah. just about the show itself and then squad and everything else. It's like, I'm so happy with what we did get to chat about because he's just so insightful with so many different oh, things, yeah. as he, you saw there. He's definitely one of those people we love to land for like an hour long discussion because he <laughs> literally talked and he... And I'm not saying this out at all that way. He loves to talk in the best kind of way because he's so mm-hmm. enthusiastic and he can actually, he offers you like rich and he's a great storyteller. So yeah, we're going to keep fishing for that big James Gunn interview. If James Gunn, you happen to see this. Can we talk to you for like an hour? Uh, <laughs> anywhere you want here, phase zero. We, we can read, we can purpose everything here. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. Um, but uh, let's talk Peacemaker. Now that we've kind of gotten an introduction, we can jump into some spoilers about Peacemaker. So we're going to talk Peacemaker spoilers now. Um, I personally, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed the premiere episode. Uh, Yeah. The premiere episode was, was surprisingly enjoyable. And it was like, I was like, okay, this is okay until you get to the finale of that premiere. And then you're like, okay, now it goes full James Gunn, like about the point that John Cena stripping down and, you know, Having that crazy, not even like explicit. I, I like sex scenes today because we've gotten to a point of sex scenes where they're just like so meta that it's like hilariously awkward to like see John Cena doing this. But um, from that point on, like this episode, like it just goes crazy into that fight sequence, which is everything you expect from James Gunn. It's like funny, it's like horrifying, and it's like genuinely <laughs> thrilling because you're just like, how is Peacemaker going to get out of this? Like this doesn't this doesn't look very good. And uh, then the over the top, of course, ending of just making the sonic boom from his helmet, like just a great kickoff. And after that, I definitely was sitting up and paying more attention. But uh, I think it really shined for me in the second episode because they went the kind of breaking breaking bad route of having to deal with the immediate problem of like the destruction and murder you cause, which if you've ever watched Breaking Bad is the second episode is, 
you know, the first episode is getting out of this dangerous situation. And the second episode is how do we clean this up? And that's essentially what like Peacemaker does. Um, but it really did it that well, just in an, in the span of an apartment building and John Cena trying to get out of this apartment building and down to the floor and get away before the cops come and cover his tracks was a whole episode. And when they made that entertaining, I was like, okay, I- I'm really in, like I'm in for real now because um, yeah. And like, I think you said, Jenna, like just the way it plays with DC lore without being heavy handed, but doing heavy things like revealing, Oh, you know, Danielle Brooks is Amanda Waller's daughter in this. And it's just like, okay, that's a thing, but like, it's not an overpowering dramatic thing, but it's an important thing. Right. Um, Yeah. And yeah, Cena really kills this and just is carrying a lot of this show, but uh, Harcourt, the actress who plays Harcourt is really good in it too. Danielle Brooks is good. And, and I think we can all agree that I think Jenna, you said at a certain point, like the guy who plays, um, like vigilante is mm-hmm. is just really great too so i think peacemaker is a good sign and i will come back to this later of how dc is going to do very well in 2022 in terms of kind of synergizing their universe fully in its kind of full potential through these films into hbo max series and back and forth so very happy peacemaker watch uh, that janelle what do you think Oh, gosh, I was just eating this up. Uh, It just felt so perfectly aligned with Suicide Squad. And if you were a big fan of that film, like you're going to love this, too. Um, I am not a big fan of John Cena in general. Like I watched way too many of like episodes of Total Bellas. (laughs) They they portrayed him as just like a crazy controlling like dad figure. This character could be like it couldn't be any more different than that you know, reality TV portrayal of him. And I luckily did not get caught up in like, oh my gosh, it's John Cena. I like, it's Peacemaker. Like he is Peacemaker to me. And I just want like, shout out to John Cena because he took on that role. He committed fully. You know, the man can't dance, but he's trying his best in those (laughs) opening scene, like in that sequence, he's trying so hard to be on beat. And I, I was just blown away. Like, this is what I need for a TV show for content. It's adult content. It's got that guardians like humor. It's funny. It's cheeky. It's gory. It's everything that I want. I'm tired of the dark Titans shows. I I'm, I'm done with the like umbrella Academy, like weird stuff. I'm just, this is hitting all the right notes for me. I'm pumped. Like I cannot wait to watch more. I wish I was Jenna and I saw all seven episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just address that? We learned so much about Janelle in that like i didn't know you watched the bellas reality oh, show i learned yeah so divas and bellas that's how oh i got my into wrestling all right we have a lot to talk about all <laughs> right. uh so um for for me i i agree with you as far as like cena cena's so good at comedy like just in general like he's he's killed yeah. in almost every single comedic role <laughs> he's had whether they're little bit parts or whether they're big ones like this like, I love Vacation Friends. Like, he's, like, amazing in that movie. So, like, I was very excited for him here. Um, I did not like this premiere. Uh, that premiere episode, like, I got through 75% of that episode and went, I don't like the show. <laughs> like, I really don't like this show. Um, no one aside from Cena, up to a certain point in that episode, is likable at all. And so, Cena is likable, but as Jenna kind of touched on with, like, James, uh, which is surreal to say, that sentence alone, right? <laughs> this is surreal to say. Um, as, she, as she touched upon in that interview, though, 
he also has his issues, right? Like that whole sweet cheeks moment, like all those things that like <laughs> pop up, uh, that whole conversation at the bar, um, which by the way, are also some of the like show's best moments is when seen when, when Peacemaker is talking to one other person and the <laughs> facade drops a little, those are the best moments of the show. Like when he's talking to Leota at the car, like that's a great moment when he's talking to our court in at the bar like there's some really great stuff there and then as you go on to like episodes two and three like but everyone else like is very unlikable it's just and like it's hard to latch on to somebody and also like that first episode delves a lot to like peacemakers like relationship with like vigilante and like some of the other stuff and just, that stuff was just not clicking for me and like some of the stuff with his dad too like there's not a lot of likable people in this show and so it's hard until you get to like episode two and three to really start to like get a feel for, okay, like some of these people actually have some depth. Some of them don't so far still. So I'm very curious to see like Jenna scene further on. And so like part of this team, I could just like wipe off the show and be okay with. And I am curious to see if like their arcs start to kind of fill in because, you know, like there's maybe also too, it's because I, I read a lot of Suicide Squad. Like, I, I, I read a lot of Suicide Squad. I watch a lot of stuff, right? Like, the comics, I've actually been really enjoying this latest run of the comics. But, like, I'm over anything Waller. <laughs> like, I'm so rude. Like, over anything Waller and, like, just even the concept. Like, when they're talking about the chip in his head, so over that, like, just being hung over someone's head. Like, I, I just get a lot of it. And so I'm just kind of, ugh. Like, I'm done which is like people being controlled in that way and stuff like that. It's just that premise that just kind of, uh, I'm done. So I am actually happy that like Peacemaker's leaning a little more away from that. Like they touch on that, but it's not a focal point. I ended up like by episode three, I'm enjoying more of it than I don't enjoy. But it, I still wouldn't say like, this is a show that I'm just like dying to see every week. I hope that changes as we move forward through the show but for me it's just it just didn't click with me like everybody else i know i'm the outlier that's fine but <laughs> but like i just yeah i don't know i don't think the comments are with you for, in large part yeah. I think, yeah, uh, yeah yeah the comments have turned against you i haven't seen dc I'm people turn against you this bad since the wonder woman i'm incident. used to it i'm used to the it infamous world spanning <laughs> wonder woman if you don't know personal history matt once broke the entire world from the comic book office yeah, with a wonder woman article <laughs> yeah, he nearly started world war and kobe reminds me of it every year and he started early this year because we haven't well, even I got have through to the first month to of the year you. And he's totally he's part totally of my reminded. assignment on this podcast is to keep you close so you do not start World War Three. <laughs> That's fair because it came close. It came to the brink. You had the Middle East unsettled in a way I've never uh, seen. Oh, uh, it was crazy. Yeah, that That's is true. Yeah, That's the me. point. That's the point. Say that it's true because I'm not exaggerating. No, 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 that's no. Right. Yeah, exactly. We'll get into that story later. That's that's on the uh, that's under the paywall. All right. So back to uh, Peacemaker. Um, uh, I get it. Uh, I think I'm with some of the commenters that I I'm of the opinion. I often now like reading or experiencing stories about unlikable people. I find them more interesting than likable people um, getting to. The, and I think James Gunn is good at showing us, you know, the moments where unlikable people do have have to reveal like there's a cost to that and and there's a personal cost and an emotional cost and like a lot of people resonate with the scene in peacemaker in his trailer crying to himself about how he really feels about himself is it hits a lot of people hard so a lot of people who and about his dad and all the stuff you know people who understand that veneer of braggadocio and machismo mm -hmm. and all that stuff that you know <laughs> 
there's always a hurt little boy underneath that as somebody who's <laughs> in the middle age right now and trying to raise a little boy and <laughs> deal with an aging father and deal with myself you know these are all very timely themes for me yeah. so my body well maybe that's why it doesn't resonate. Uh, yeah no but i think <laughs> I but i think that the story holds them accountable so i don't find it bad or maybe i've just been doing this succession <laughs> binge not. lately and yeah. now i'm just like <laughs> we'll that's just where my head's out. at um but I, I didn't find that to be a problem. I actually, I actually like these kind of dysfunctional people trying to work together in their dysfunctional way. And that's what I liked about that whole sniper kind of episode sequence <laughs> with the family and them trying to pull off this mission and, and then like how badly it goes and how sloppy it is. But um, that's just me. Uh, all in all, I, I mean, think it was a, I'm digging Peacemaker and I'm and I'm not saying this to be inflammatory or because it's a theme of our Marvel versus DC show, but I feel like I would gravitate towards this to rewatch it more than I would about 60% of the Disney plus Marvel shows or we'll throw Star Wars in there too. Like I would uh, watch this again just because of the humor, the kind of heart and just the James Gunn liveliness of it and why I watch Suicide Squad. But that's my cup of tea to each their mm-hmm. own, you know. I will say, like, I rewatched episode one for the first time last night, like, since watching it the first time around. And it, the jokes land so much more, like, it only gets so much more delightful, like, on, upon rewatching it. So I totally agree in that regard. All right. Uh, I think we're, I think we've mined this for as much as we have, <laughs> like, we possibly can, right? Um, so we're going to move on. And I'm going to just do before our break a quick kind of review. Did uh, Jenna, I haven't asked you, did you see Scream yet? I have not. I've okay. not seen a single scream, so I'm just kind of I'm just uh, okay. along That's for the good. ride. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. Jenna. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so this is just me. Uh, the new scream is out this week. I, I had a chance to take it in and uh, check it out. And what I'll kind of come back and say is that I thought this was a kind of really B plus to A minus attempt at a requel. Uh, this was done by Radio Silence, the guys who came out of that whole collaborative ensemble of people who did the uh, VHS uh, anthologies. If you guys remember those horror anthologies from the 2010s, they did that. And so Radio Silence has been kind of building up. Uh, they did Ready or Not, and they're kind of looking up. I believe they did Ready or Not, and they're kind of looking up to kind of do something mainstream. And this was their opportunity, and they do pretty well. This Scream kind of honors Wes Craven's original intent intent for the Scream franchise, which is to be a slasher film that's also a meta commentary on the horror genre. Scream 2022 does that very well by kind of encapsulating everything that horror has been through since since Scream was in its heyday and even making fun of how Scream kind of faltered in the last few years itself as a franchise. I mean, there's just commentary on like elevated horror, like, you know, and they name drop a lot of films in this, but like elevated horror that has to do with like, you know, life and parenting and the things that get acclaim and Oscar nominations now versus old slasher things. Um, They take on the whole idea of what a requel is while making this very much a requel and following all those rules about like, you got to have like the old characters kind of, but also new characters and all this stuff and the rules and it's brutal. Like radio silence is good at taking what scream did with like 90 slasher things and, and adding just a little bit of that torture porn element to it to make it kind of a little bit more grisly so that the kills they take long and they're brutal and you feel for the people in each sequence and each sequence is, is pretty good. And technology phones all this modern stuff they managed to navigate in a pretty good and compelling way 
And of course, even throw in some surprise twists that widen the mythology of the original and, and do all that stuff. And they pull it off while being meta about it. And that's an impressive feat. So hats off to them. And the cast is good. The kind of new additions that they put in, you know, some of them are just cannon fodder and you might not remember them, but there's a lot of young faces here like Cuba's son, Mason Gooding and, uh, you know, other people in it who really do kind of make their characters lively and more than just generic things because that's modern times. And so they, they have to do like very modern kids. And so they, they do all that and kind of nail that as well while also making fun of it. And so this is probably one of the better modern kind of requels in general, but horror we requels definitely it's kind of up there with uh, Halloween 2018 in terms of getting people who really understood the original franchise know how to honor it in this new version, but still do kind of move us forward with something new. Also, there's a whole crazy powerful meta thing about like getting the original stars back and and what that means and the whole Courtney Cox and David Arquette of it all. And there's a lot about it that is about, you know, what happened off screen in their lives as well as what happened at Scream. And they do a good job of weaving that all in. And so... And you get Sidney Prescott being a badass and, and some moments. So what's not to love, right? So that's Scream. Check it out. If you do not want to head to theaters now to see it, good news. You only got to wait 45 days. It'll be on Paramount Plus where we are streaming as well. And, you know, all our other podcasts are at least phase zero. You can catch Jenna streaming on Paramount Plus. So if you do not want to go to theaters right now because you're ducking that Omicron, don't worry. 45 days, Paramount Plus, Scream. It is worth checking out because I I think, and I feel safe saying this even in January, I think this will be one of the better horror and more fun horror movies we're going to get this year. So that is Scream 2022. Nobody saw it coming, just like Ghostface out of a closet. We never saw it coming, but here it is, and it's pretty good. So check it what's, out. What's your ranking, by the way? What's your new ranking? Consider, like, Did this overtake any... That you that would have surprised you, or is this kind of lower on the list of, of, of scream movies? Yeah, screens. <laughs> I mean, after one, it's easy to put it behind one. You know, right? It's easy, one is yeah. a classic. Yeah, and then after that, they just got kind of crazy. Um, not that I didn't like seeing Mackay Pfeiffer and Jada Pinkett Smith get taken out and <laughs> Scream Two and all that. <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer but, makes anything better. Yeah. yeah, but by three, it was just. I mean, that is true. He was in Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder. So I mean, it's not a lie. So by the end, I mean, yeah, Soul it's food. easy to put this behind one. Yeah. Stop. You're going to hear really derailing. I had that soundtrack. It was really good. <laughs> oh my God. We all had the soundtrack. The soundtrack, soundtrack is dope, man. That right next so to my good. waiting to that exhale soundtrack. Let's all awesome. we, are all, we are all going off the rails here. But uh, yeah, so I put it behind Scream 1 because it, it it is Scream again, but it does it for this modern age. And if you never saw Scream and you just got into it as a kid who grew up thinking you knew everything because you saw J-horror and some Oscar winning horror stuff and all that stuff. This will remind you that sometimes all that great horror intellect is fun until you get stabbed through the face. All right. So that's Scream. We are going to take a break. But when we come back, we are going to get into our big debate about whether Marvel or DC is going to have the better year in 2022. It's going to be a free for all concept thing. We're going on all platforms, TV, movie, gaming, comics. And collectively, what do we think? And we will talk a little bit about the Book of Boba Fett and new comics this week because I got to go off on some Star Wars stuff. So stay tuned for all of that.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and we're back. That was an abrupt end. Please, someone tell me you got a screenshot of that. Somebody has. Somebody you emote. Uh, we're back. Comic Book Nation. We're back. Season two or season four, episode two. Season oh two. my God. Season two was worlds ago. Worlds <laughs> ago. All right. So, season four, episode two. We are back. If you are just hopping on the stream or watching live now, we are. We just did our whole breakdown of both the Peacemaker TV series and Scream 2022. We are moving on to our debate. Will Marvel or DC have the better year in 2022? Um, we brought up this topic, not as a serious intellectual thing, just because we like to fight sometimes and throw a grenade in the room. And this seemed like an easy pin to pull and just throw into the room. And so that's what we're doing. So get, get your arguments up. And if you are in the comments, get your debate arguments up. Why? I know a bunch of you want to jump in and say, marvel but no it's not going down like that so i will step into the breach first since i started all this and say <laughs> i have a complex argu- answer to this question surprisingly no no, no no i think it's going to be a combination of things i think each company is going to take some decisive victories in 2022 now let me say what i mean by that I think that Marvel is going to have overall the better stretch of movies in 2022 because they got some big hitters coming the way. I mean, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness already feels like it's going to be a beast, right? So uh, I'm not really trying to bet on against that Thor Love and Thunder, not at all trying to bet against that because that already looks like it's going to be stacked and pretty crazy. And uh, I forgot, what's the third film coming out? I'm already blanking because of release dates. Black Panther. Black Panther. Whoa, that's coming out this year? At, at this point. It's currently scheduled uh, for this year. So we'll, okay. we'll see at this point because who knows <laughs> yeah. with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, that's a big we'll see. Yeah, Phase yeah. Zero just did an excellent preview. Like, yeah, we should plug, cross plug. If you want to know what's going on with Marvel this year, Phase Zero has a like an entire 2022 Marvel preview. You guys can, in, that almost broke their brains. You guys can get into that. <laughs> it's on this channel. You can watch it right after this. Um, but yeah. So on the movie front, I think Marvel's mostly solid with just Thor and Doctor Strange being kind of heavy hitters. I mean, DC does have the Batman, which I think is... I was going to say, that's a pretty heavy hitter. hitter. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy hitter. (laughs) But that's the kind of one I'm waiting against the others because the others were, what, Black Adam? Aquaman 2, right? Aquaman 2 and and The Flash. Oh, man, I'm reversing my answer. (laughs) I was just thinking like Black Adam and things. I was more into TV for this for some reason. But uh, no, I'm spontaneously changing my answer. DC crushing it movies. Sorry, Marvel. Uh, All you got is uh, Doctor Strange and Thor and maybe Black Panther. I don't even know what's going on with that. that How dare you, Blah Ruski? How dare you? I'm going 
No, I mean, I, I, Aquaman has grown on me, actually. Since it was not time a classic, obviously. It's it not a classic, but it has grown on me. It, it has an octopus playing the drums. What more could you want? I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. It was not a, it was not a classic. It had people singing Africa over the Sahara, you know. I think it, did, okay, did anyone actually come around to that, though? I don't know. That one, I don't know if that's a positive. No, that's, that's I, not a I, I loved that, just ironically, from the second it started okay, being see, in the movie. So, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so Batman is going to, I mean, Batman looks so sick already. I saw that when I went to see Scream last night. I saw that trailer in the final trailer, the Batcat trailer in theaters. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be sick. Um, I have faith in Black Adam and, and The Rock. Uh, I just think, if nothing else, The Rock will just power through and carry that thing on pure charisma. But I'm looking forward to the Justice Society, their take on that. I think that's going to be pretty dope. Um, yeah, The Flash, I think, could be a major game changer, like, Oh man, it could come down. I don't know. I don't know if Flash is going to out multiverse, multiverse of madness, or if Sam Raimi is going to give DC their run for their money. No pun intended. But uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, is which who does their leave? You know, their franchise multiverse realignment better, Marvel or DC? Is what we really could have focused this whole oh, thing. Wow. On. Um, Wait. Oh. Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> this man. is a whole separate conversation. That's a whole, yeah. yeah you can't yeah, yeah. throw that in no, there. No, yeah. cool. I said we could have focused on that alone. Yeah. Okay, that's, so that's movies. Um, I think I've been, I, I mean, I've said this in the comments of Phase Zero. I've been saying it to Jim all along. I, I'm not as confident in this kind of COVID era of the next phase of Disney Plus Marvel shows as I should be. I think not because of the characters or the concepts or the actors, which I think are all great. Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk all look stacked in terms, but just what production things could be done, what could be accomplished uh, after seeing the end of all these Marvel shows in phase one of Disney plus I am lacking confidence in phase two to start off on a good foot. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm a skeptic. I don't hate any of these concepts. I love them all from what I've seen. I think moon Knight looks dope. I think that Miss Marvel is going to be like great. And this actress who is Kamala is going to be, kind of do pull a Kate Bishop on people and really kind of win people over. Yeah. I'm, I'm behind all that. I so just what's don't. Your, so your issue is what production, like straight up production like things. Yeah. I I've come to kind of really start to hate these COVID productions because it, they really beginning to irk me on how, what they can and couldn't do or, or were scared to do the blocking, the obvious kind of weird things of people in rooms standing across from each other. Like it, it's, I don't know, but I'm trying to hold the faith. I just think that with Disney or Disney with uh, DC expanding into things like Peacemaker and developing these other HBO Max things they got like the Batgirl in the Gotham PD, I think what they're doing is actually starting to feel based just on Peacemaker, like we said, is starting to feel like it could be very cohesive and well plotted and well executed synergy between TV and movies. Not just like costume upgrades. I feel like the Batgirl movie will be an actual deep character establishing story that then makes Leslie Grace feel like, okay, if she steps into the main movie universe and is like, I'm your Batman, look at me. I am your Batman now. Leslie like, Grace know. is going to kill that role, by the and way. And I think Absolutely. that's going to be, <laughs> I think right. HBO Max in a way is just treating that like seriously. I mean, I know Marvel said they're doing this Disney stuff uh, on the cinematic level, but it's still very Marvel TV-ish at points. I feel like Disney, uh, yeah. HBO Max is going sure. full tilt. Um, but that's just me. So I think DC's TV and synergy strategy is going to be great. I think um, DC games are going to be better because I don't know what Marvel games are doing this year, but I'll confess I don't. Well, uh, so Marvel games, 
so far, as of right now, it's very likely to get pushed. Midnight Suns is coming this year, um, but as a 2022 date. So we'll see. <laughs> most yeah. most games in 2021 got pushed to 2022. Uh, this one, I would say, either get pushed to like later in the year or maybe 2023. But as of right now, Midnight Suns is the only one that is announced that is 2022 bound, I believe. Because Spider-Man 2, way off. Wolverine, way off. Um, and everything else is like Guardians doesn't have any DLC coming. I don't know why, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't um, I don't know what else. Uh, so it's DC an easy has, win. Yeah. yeah, DC has Gotham Knights. I feel like Suicide Squad will also get pushed, though. So I really think because Suicide Squad also has that nebulous 2022 date and that one, I man, I just have this feeling that's going to get pushed. So like it'll be between Gotham Knights and Midnight Suns. And I think while I'm excited for both of those, we I all lose give it to again. Gotham Knights. I got to give yeah. it to Gotham Knights. So in 2022 in gaming, we all lose. That's the answer. We all lose. Unless Gotham Knights is the greatest thing ever, we Dude, all it's lose. Be, I mean, that was so fun. good. Oh, no, I'm so excited good. for Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights, but it's, I mean, a whole year. That's a that's a lot to rest a whole year of. Well, that's okay. true, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I put comics as a draw because I think they're both going to come. I think Marvel has some big events. I think DC has some great titles and events, and I think it's going to be kind of a wash. But that's just me. Matt, would you like to go next, or do we want to throw Jenna? Yeah, maybe Jenna's a guest. Jenna, Jenna, yeah. Jenna, 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 Jenna. she is like Marvel. I feel like she's prepared too. I yeah, know. I'm because like so, you just took me so off of Marvel. Like I really need, <laughs> I need it in my soul. I feel like I'm the most neutral here. So oh. <laughs> I, I will say, like I co-host a Marvel podcast, but like DC is one of my loves. Like I, I think the whole Marvel DC rivalry is garbage just in its own right like for a lot of reasons but for the sake of this conversation um i think they both are going to have a really incredible year just in terms of like movies and tv i think marvel is going to have a more consistent year i think like we kind of saw over the course of 2021 with from where we started with wandavision from where we ended with no way home just the breadth of like different types of storytelling we could get from marvel was kind of surprising and unexpected and it kind of set a new foundation that now i feel like the 2022 movies and shows are going to play off of i feel like that is going to be dc's year i think dc is going to have a very transformative and very like definitive year that when fans kind of look back on it, they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, that is the year where so much happened that kind of got the, the entire DC multiverse in order and like pushed it forward in a way that fans are really compelled by, because I think the movies are all so different from each other in terms of like what the Batman has in store, what black Adam has in store. And just the, the characters that are being introduced in there are just so all over the place and not necessarily one's audiences would expect to see. I am a huge Justice Society fan, so I am still just amazed I'm oh, getting yeah. them in live action in any capacity um, in, in a movie. And then, like, I think The Flash is going to be so much more important than people are expecting right now. I think that the same way that No Way Home kind of blew the doors open for the Marvel multiverse, I feel like we're going to get that with Flash. And so... I think that they're both going to do so well. It's just going to be different levels of success. I think we're all going to be very enjoyed by like and entertained by what we get from Marvel this year. But I think DC is going to kind of blow people's minds a little bit more. And then in terms of games, I'm leaning more towards Gotham Knights than Midnight Suns. So I would say that DC might have a better year in that regard. And then for comics, 
I honestly don't know. I feel like comic stuff always is evolving and always is going into different directions. I personally really love what they're doing with DC in, towards, in, in terms of like building the next crossover. I loved the Infinite Frontier miniseries. I yeah, love what they're doing with the Flashpoint Batman thing that they announced today. Whatever kind of big event they're building to, either in this year or next year, is going to be super awesome. So I think that that is my personal preference, but I think Marvel Comics could also do something in the 11th hour and really surprise me. So I guess that's my answer for everything. <laughs> Janelle? I mean, it's, it's, she's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. She says, I mean, it, it's, we're all, we're, I'm, I feel very neutral on this because I'm just what? so excited to have content. Like I'm the more content girl. And okay. I'm so you're putting so Dr. Strange excited. stuff on the level of everything else? No, I mean, Dr. Strange is <laughs> the best go. ever, but I I just feel like little it, <laughs> we're gonna get tickled in different places. I don't care if that sounds wrong. Hey. Like I feel like Marvel will always be a little more fun and a little more like PG thirteen, and our DC stuff will really you know satisfy our adult cravings and you know more blood and more sexual content and things like that. Like, I just, I feel really hopeful for both. It's very, very hard for me when you put this up. The only thing I thought of when you like first typed this out was I just hope DC isn't just going to rely on like James Gunn with Peacemaker. Speaking of James Gunn, this is Yondu the puppy, by the way, <laughs> he, like, will not calm down. Um, but like hearing Kofi talk about, everything that's coming out with DC, I just reframed my whole thought process and I kind of just feel stupid because I really, it's so hard for me to choose. I, I, I realized half of that while I was talking. Don't, don't. <laughs> it was really good. You guys have I will, great points. I will also say the comments brought this up. I totally forgot. Super Pets is also coming out this year. Yes, so it is. As much as we are getting the like more violent bordering on R-rated DC, we are also getting very wholesome animated DC. So DC I think that's going to be the yes. best yeah, yeah. No, uh, Super Pets looks so fun. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Super Pets I am looks so fun. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, I saw. Okay, so a couple of things going off of what Janelle said because I because I actually I think and Kofi references too. I think it just depends on what you categorize as success. So mm-hmm, if you're right. looking at straight up box office as far as movies are concerned, I think Marvel will end up. You know, I mean, those two are pretty big hitters, and those two, have, as long as theaters continued to kind of you know make their way back and COVID doesn't throw another wrench into that right we've seen with like uh, no way home we've Omicron seen, super right. baby but we've Australia seen with no way home that even <laughs> in that environment yeah. a billion is you know what i mean like that is actually a number that can happen and two of these these two movies coming up are pretty big hitters for marvel so in terms of box office it could end up being a marvel thing and just DC with the sheer stack of movies they have coming. And if all those hit their dates, then they might actually end up doing better. But it might be a cumulative thing as opposed to like, oh, these two were stronger. You know what I mean? Um, so it just kind of depends. As far as like quality and what I'm more excited about, I got to say, I'm more excited for DC's output. And it kind of leans into the what Janelle was saying. I, there's things that I look for. I, I get more of like this well-rounded thing with DC books lately like between their black label stuff kind of leaning into that more adult area and more mature storytelling and things like that um and honestly even lately in some books outside of that uh black label as well but like especially that and then you have your regular superhero stuff that's kind of 
the through line and like we have the Wonder Woman event that's coming. I'm very excited about now. DC did uh, throw me for a loop and get one notch against them when they canceled Wonder Girl. Mm -hmm. But whatever, it's fine. I'm already starting out on a negative note. So that's not good. Who wants the most gorgeous book in the world? That that book, I look, Yara Floor for Life. Like I get annoyed that her show didn't happen and I'm annoyed that the book got canceled, whatever. So we have um, Brazilians in the comments right (laughs) now. (laughs) Brazilians, you guys need to stand. We need your help. Stand up. I'm annoyed at that. I'm very the entirety of Brazil behind us for Yara Floor. But uh, so like, so, but in the, as far as in the comics, I'm more excited about because someone actually mentioned it in the comments that like Marvel tends to be a little more event oriented and DC tends to be a little more kind of leaning into it's like just like separate avenues of storytelling. And I just enjoy that a little more. Uh, but again, I'm still super excited for what Marvel has planned um, in the realm of comics in games. Look, Gotham Knights all the way. Midnight Suns looks really fun. Uh, I'm all about the tactics, gameplay and the card style stuff. But like, Gotham Knights had me Court of Owls as soon as that got announced and that you could play as Batgirl I'm in <laughs> I was like I'm done uh, and it's like co-op you know RPG stuff so I love that um, but as far as movies uh, I think also someone mentioned it too like I'm excited for the Green Lantern HBO Max series that like hoping to maybe get more of uh, or maybe even a debut towards the end of 2022 we'll see but like I'm excited for that I'm excited for like Blue Beetle got pushed so like that was something I was actually really excited about as well. Uh, Batgirl is like my number one thing from them, uh, aside from like Aquaman, right? Like I'm very so they have a lot of stuff, and the Batman genuinely looks really, really good, and I think it will deliver. So like, there's just so much to get excited about in DC, and I think Marvel had their cake in 2021 and kind of unopposed in a lot of ways. And I think DC is <laughs> kind of like, Hey, this is, is a little bit our year. Uh, and that's okay. And like, and we've got shows, right? Like Naomi, it was really fun. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, the premiere and I think it's off to a good start. Uh, so like, yeah, I think, I think DC gets it. Yeah. You got people like Ava DuVernay making, you know, DC CW TV with Naomi, which I also enjoyed. I actually did take a minute and watch that before we started. And uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed it mm-hmm. and a uh, good lead in without any even much hero reveal yet. So. Right. Like the, oh, they, they do nothing about like <laughs> They touch on so little of like her actual backstory and like, we don't even know what world is. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. so much that like is still open and I was hooked. I was on. And by yeah, the way, no. many linguists, I saw that little 13-year-old girl's comment through my way. Uh, <laughs> so whatever. I like I like stuff and I like different stuff. And it's okay to not like Peacemaker. <laughs> I didn't like it. No, yeah. I mean, you do have the sensibilities of a 13-year-old girl. And I mean that in the best way. I don't, I don't, look, I am who I am, man. I, I have not changed that ever. No, you I love. I mean, that's why we have you. That's why we keep you. I mean, that's why I have you here, man. I need somebody who knows Golden Girls back and forth. And <laughs> By the way, Golden here. Palace is on Hulu now. And that show is underrated. That's true. I mean, that is true. Don We're not going to get too tired. And are in a Golden Girl show, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean, Golden Palace is good. We're not going to get into that though. Um, all right. So it sounds like we have. We all have some pretty complex but well thought out answers for what we're going to get in 2022. But I think it sounds like we know Marvel will be the reliable. It'll be a re, its reliable self. But we also think that DC could have a major kind of branding leap forward this year. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens because. I've been burned before, DC Warner Brothers. I've been burned before. I've predicted this and uh, been burned, so hopefully not this year. All right, let's talk about The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 3. 
it was good. I'm not going to get too crazy about it. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I want to get into other Star Wars matters. But um, yeah, it was good. We got to see Black Chrysanthemum kick some ass, right? Like, sorry, uh, language filters, but uh, Black Chrysanthemum fighting, beating up an entire palace full of people. I mean, that's all I really needed from Star Wars this year, so I'm good. But uh, we got other things. R.I.P. to the Tuscans, you know. I mean, that really hit me hard. And uh, yeah, but uh, this one was just kind of like we're, we're in the middle, right? So this was like the development episode. They threw in some bells and whistles like a speeder car chase with some flashy bikes that everybody's going to now want to buy and some street punks that are uh, lovable and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, the highlight of the episode for me was definitely just we got Black Chrysanthemum not only fighting, but the officially name dropped. And so that's canon. That put that in there now. It's live action canon, so uh, good stuff. But uh, you guys, quick thoughts. Book of Boba. Fett. Oh, Danny Trejo. So many comments. Yes. How could I miss my man? As <laughs> soon as I saw that thing rolling up, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like at my TV trying to like somehow pierce the distance, being like, is that who I think it is? Is that machete? <laughs> and it was. It was machete. <laughs> Jim and I were talking at the start of like when the episode dropped on Wednesday, and we were like, this is the most Robert Rodriguez Star Wars episode possible. Oh, like, you have yeah. Danny Trejo, you have like teens with like cybernetic parts on on speeder bikes. It's like this is just so Robert Rodriguez in in like the most possible Very way. Much. Yeah. I like I enjoy this show. I'm not unhappy I'm watching this show, but compared to The Mandalorian, I am still just like nothing has really happened yet. Like I am very curious to see what other elements of Star Wars lore they really bu- build in. Like there's individual components I really like. I love that Sophie Thatcher from Yellow Jackets who is so good. I love that she is one of the like punk kids that was in this newest episode. I am so still cool. I know. I am still just kind of waiting to see, like, what is the end goal here? Like, what other components of the Star Wars universe are we going to have here? Because there's just so much that's going on, but it also feels kind of repetitive at the same time. Of like, all right, here we are in the ba- the the back to tank. Here we are with a flashback. Here we are going on one errand, and then it just kind of keeps going. So I'm still enjoying it, and just curious to see what else is in store. I mean, and this goes back to what I said about these COVID productions. There, mm-hmm. This one feels very much. It's literally ba- like. Boba goes to the store a couple times and yeah. bad things happen each time. And, it's like, and yeah. I'm enjoying it too, but it feels like they had a limited set to play yeah. with mm-hmm. and, and do. And they just kind of had to crunch this one out just to get some Star Wars content going at the tail end of last year and the beginning of this year to bridge to when we get like the real crop of stuff with like Obi-Wan and or maybe, a, maybe, yeah. But that's what it is. And I think this is all going to kind of circle until you get towards the last two episodes. And then it's going to be every underworld Star yep. Wars character in the world, like crammed into one COVID proof room where they, where you see like Lando, Han, maybe Kira, Black or Santa, you know, all the bounty hunters. You know, I think um, Damon Streams is right though. Cause like the comment, you know, I mean, that's Mando though. But if Mando, oh, and then it just moved. But if but, but Mando, we knew the end goal, right? And so actually, I did. I do think that actually helped because, like, there is some of that too in that series of like, hey, like, what's we know that the ultimate goal is to like get Grogu to where he needs to be in that whole thing, right? But then, like, if you look at the rest of it, it's like, oh, I end up in a cave. Oh, mm-hmm. I went over here. Like, I there is some of that in that series too, but it's it's not like you have something else to focus on. And also this relationship, right? And with this show, I like I understand what Jenna's saying because I'm kind of in there too. I'm like, what? So what? 
what are we going? Like, what is the, is it all just going to be like, Hey, like I set up shop here. No, you set up shop here. No, you set up shop here. It's like that Spider-Man meme. Like everyone just wants this piece of land. And I'm just like, I am kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop of, Hey, here's what the show is really about. And it did sway me though with baby Rancor. That's cool. Yeah. But like I said, I feel like COVID's a big factor. The Mandalorian can mm-hmm. set up a sweeping production across like, everywhere on the world to make those episodes and this just feels like they had a piece of desert and a sound stage and we're like do your best mm-hmm. um but uh yeah we're gonna see get to the point is kind of where we're all at with if i mean i like boba fett and i like this show and ming not when and all this stuff but yeah get to the point is the point we're getting to all right so <laughs> we're gonna move on to other things that are happening in star wars that's gonna bridge us to comics um this week was kind of crazy i didn't expect this week to be this crazy in star wars lore we had some big things going. Uh, the new High Republic book is out. I did the review for that. Um, the Fallen Star, which is kind of this crazy action 24 style event episode that in a book form for the High Republic with this pivotal event between the Jedi and the Ni- the Nihil. The Nihil. I don't know how we're pronouncing that, but uh, we got that's going down. But um, it led into this week's comics. So the end of the Fallen Star is actually the opening scene of Marvel Comics' new Star Wars The High Republic, Eye of the Storm, which is about the origin story of Markian Rowe, who is the leader of the Nihil. And uh, he finally reveals himself to the Jedi in the universe at the end of this new novel. That's not much of a spoiler because the comic's already out, but uh, the comic picks up from that message he's saying, saying who he is and revealing himself, and then goes into his backstory. Um, and that's really interesting. That was a really good kind of origin story because this villain has been here now a year he's probably one of the most developed villains star wars has ever done in terms of like just slow burn building him up in the books he has chapters in each book where we see his internal monologue and all this thing but this comic did a very good job of illustrating it and i'm loving these star wars comics these days not just for the canon stories but for how they're taking things from these novels like especially the high republic and giving them visual components to make us help us really get our heads around them um, and Mark Allen Road is terrifying. And this origin story is basically comes from a race of people who are basically apocalypse <laughs> from X-Men. They had a planet that had storms and was kicking their butts. And so they evolved to kind of just learn to survive by being selfish and self-interested and screwing over anybody just to get what they needed to survive and thrive. And that's the kind of people they became. And that's the basis of the Nihil. Um, and he is their prize pupil, right? But um, it's also terrifying because he's got a very Norman Bates aspect to him. Like there are all these panels of what he sees through his eyes. And to him, like everybody's just a walking corpse, his own mother, his father, everybody who works for him, anybody he's like thinking about, he just sees them as walking corpses. He hasn't killed yet. This dude's a psycho and uh, it's a great issue. It's only the first part. There's going to be a second part that kind of takes place. This is his past. There'll be a second part that takes place in the present kind of during these High Republic books. Uh, this guy's found this new mysterious weapon that literally like eats force eaters and turns them into ash and kind of really is just destroying the Jedi. And so there's that big mystery and we're going to get all that. And it's exciting. The high Republic is slapping right now. If you haven't been checking that out, you should. And star Wars 20 for Marvel comics actually sees Luke Skywalker, you know, this issue by Charles soul who wrote the first high Republic novel, man, it packs a lot into just a single issue. So let me just try to say this all without sounding like I'm telling Cable's origin story. Um, 
Luke Skywalker gets a holocron from Yoda that sends him between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi doing his whole Jedi evolution studies, which is this big gap that Star Wars still is playing with. He gets this go to this place called the Living Sea of Geisen, and it turns out to be just a planet that's kind of like Ego. It's a living planet. Um, he steps into this thing he thinks is a field of mushrooms. It eats him, and he gets sucked in these catacombs where he can commune with the Force through a vergence. Uh, and he gets to go back to the... And he meets the Force kind of echo of Elzar Man, who is one of the main characters of the High Republic, who ha- who takes him kind of to this vision of the High Republic and starts telling Luke. They have this conversation, and it's the first time Luke is doing the... They're setting up... They're trying to justify the last Jedi thing. It's the first time he's questioning, should I be doing the Jedi Order? This seems all screwed up. I'm like the only Jedi left here, and I don't know anything, and there is no guidance. So, like, what is even the Jedi Order? And Elzar Man's thing is, yeah, bro, screw it, maybe. Like, you know... Maybe you just it, we're not the only ones like I'm from the High Republic and they're not we're not the only force users. And so it's this whole conversation they have. But Elzar, man, it's just a laundry list of Star Wars canon reveals. He name drops Darth Bane for the first time in Star Wars canon saying, oh, yeah, we did this all after we killed that guy, you know, Darth Bane. And that's like a huge thing because now Star Wars is officially naming Darth Bane. They're putting him in kind of the timeline. He's one of the biggest Legends characters. Now they're bringing him to canon. He was in a Force vision in Clone Wars, but now his name is here. So this might be our Old Republic door opening because Star Wars comics were the ones who opened the door to the High Republic. That's where you started seeing figures and artifacts and references come in, and then they launched this whole line. Now the High Republic, now the OT is meeting with the High Republic, and they're referencing the Old Republic, and it just seems like we're moving back and back and back. So that's all pretty exciting uh, stuff. And there's a bunch of suggestions that go with theories that you know the High Republic, Elzar Man's also going to be the next Darth Vader is all this stuff. So guys, this is comic book nation. We do comic books. We've been telling you all this again, a bunch of geek stuff. <laughs> We've been telling you, I'm telling you again, if you want some great content right now, yeah. you need to jump into star Wars comics and check out some of these high Republic books and comics as well. It's a great world and it is exciting. And if you can't stand that sequel trilogy, this is the Star Wars you need to be experiencing. It's much less painful than trying to watch those movies, okay? Also, so, get on that Afro train now, because yeah, he's going to make, make that debut. Yeah, because once Afro comes yeah. to live action, it's over. Yo, it's <laughs> over. And then we're going to have Afro to hear Wars. everybody like jumping on the Afro train then, and mm-hmm. we know who you are. But uh, yeah, get in now. So Because Dr. Afro, yeah. I mean, that's that's what gave us the gift of Black Kersantan and so many other things. So. Star Wars comics, that's my stump. Matt, I'm going to sit back now and try to catch my breath. You you talk, <laughs> so, you talk it, now. It's so fun to see Kofi excited. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love seeing Kofi hype, man. I don't He's work out. Wait, let's get Richard in here. Richard, how you feeling? Oh, yeah, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Richard deserves a moment in the sun. You got me there in the man. <laughs> we want you. We want the real. You should keep it on. We want the real Richard. It's cold here. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm 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 loving Boba Fett, man. I know. Um. Well, me too. It's, it's been mixed reviews, but I'm loving. It. I'm like I I I'm. It's I guess I'm a little biased because um I'm I'm just a Star Wars guy. You guys know me. I love Star Wars, but uh, seeing that Black Crescenton episode. Well, not the episode, but episode three. But seeing him come in and just wreck shit up with Boba Fett and his whole crew. That was wild. I was scared because it it, it kind of it startled me. <laughs> we I thought was somebody scared. was dying. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, was like Boba Fett or Finnick or somebody's dying. Like, because like, usually yeah. when that back to tank opens up, we don't see it like that with all the water coming out. So you're like, what's going on here? And then you see his big, big, big face there. It, it was a wild moment, man. I'm loving the show to answer your question, though, man. I'm, you know, I love any Star Wars content, but I'm really loving this show so far. 
All right. That's Richard. If you don't know, Richard is a mastermind who keeps this show on the rails. He's a producer. He's in the back and kind of keeping things going here. But uh, he is a huge Star Wars fan. And so we drag him out in the limelight to kind of answer for Star Wars. <laughs> and it's it's heights and it's crimes. But um, that was Star Wars. Matt, what are the comics are out this week? Yeah. So a lot of uh, this was hard, by the way. This was a hard week to choose books because there was like a ton that was great this week. Uh, and thanks to everyone who votes uh, on the polls. Uh, to keep our to keep our books incoming, so we're going to start with Robin and Batman number three. This is one we've been following on the series, actually the whole series, uh, which is which is crazy. Um, this is the final issue of this run, though I have to say, after reading this, uh, I really hope uh, this like they do another small series or even a one shot because I just loved being in uh, this this world. Um, this book, of course, we've been dealing with is uh, Robin's kind of coming into being Robin. And the relationship, the sometimes very dysfunctional relationship between him and Batman and that fatherly relationship that is also split between him and Alfred. And we see this issue is great because there's a great moment uh, where we see like Alfred scolding Bruce about like his parenting methods and be like, no, he's got to go to school because like you've already been questioned. And like we see that back and forth. And then Bruce finally comes around. Like there's just some really great moments like Alfred having to wipe the blood out of Robin's suit and, and getting upset. Like there's just this really cool clash between those two. But then also, you know, we talked a bit about like hope earlier in the episode and like, you know, love and positivity. And there's just, this book ends on such a wonderful high note. Uh, it's just Robin like coming into his own, both as a hero and as a person. We see him kind of opening up a little bit. I loved as a, as a tabletop nerd, I loved like them role-playing uh, at one point and like they're doing it at the mansion and like he's got a group and stuff and that just shows his own growth of, you know, trying to open up a little bit and, and it's okay to be a kid too. Even though I have all these responsibilities, it's okay for me to be a person and not just Robin. Uh, and there's some great moments between him and Bruce as well. Um, you know, I know Nicole, I always love like Nicole hates the bat cat thing in Tom King books. <laughs> and I will say for me, it's the good boy. Like in this book and in this series, there's been this thing of like good boy. Like when Bruce talks <laughs> to Robin, I'm always like, that's just weirds me out. But like, I it's fine. You know, like it doesn't take anything away from the moment. It's just funny. Uh, Not to interrupt I, you. I think they're trying to play on the difference between like he always, there's differences right. when Batman says like good soldier versus yeah. good boy. It's just always reads. It's weird. kind of a Martha moment. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just reads it's, weird. I get the intent though. And, I, and, it, and it didn't pull me out or anything. It's just always a, something that sticks in my brain. Uh, but I adored this. I thought it was a wonderful end to a great series. Uh, you know, Kofi Janelle. Jenna, what'd you guys think? Well, as I told you before uh, the podcast started, this is the one that I didn't have time to read because I was watching, I was reading Doctor Strange. <laughs> I didn't read That's okay. I'll step in. Um, I didn't read Doctor Strange. Um, I really like the Robin Batman miniseries. I think, I, I think it'll be better when people get to do it as like an entire trade. Mm -hmm. um, this would be a great kind of trade paperback to just sit down and read For sure. in one kind of sitting. But it is, I mean, it's... It does what it's supposed to do. It deepens Dick Grayson Robin's character in the Batman Robin relationship, but in a really kind of depressing way, like in a really kind of deeply sad kind of way. I don't yeah. know um, for Robin and, and just makes Dick Grayson like you can see why his mental problems in the modern in the modern times. Like, yeah, he uh, yeah, he's been he's been through a lot. But um, yeah, it makes you really rethink the Batman Robin relationship, but not in a fun way. Um, sure. Yeah. So I don't know how to feel about it, but it, it was, it was really powerful and good stuff. Like, and that second, the second issue was still the highlight for me. That's a great um, issue. I think it's one of the 
better Batman Robin stories. I've, I've single kind of standalone stories I've, I've ever read, but uh, yeah, like, again, it leaves me in a place of feeling like saddened about their relationship and not happy about it. Yeah. No, I get, I get that. Jenna, do you have a chance to, to read this? I, I haven't actually read any of the series yet, but like hearing you guys talk about how great it is, I'm very excited to check it out in trade, like all in one sitting. Cause yeah, this, this sounds exactly like my type of thing of just examining their relationship. Yeah, it's I always get a little, movie. you know, like, do we need a, another dive into like early Batman Robin days or even just Batman days? But like lately, you know, the, the, there's more hits than misses uh, when DC's been doing this. So uh, I'm, I'm very keen yeah. to give this one a shot. Um, next up, we got to move into Marvel. We're going to move into Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, number one, which is also a three issue series. This is very much right in the thick of Devil's Reign. So if you, you know, this kind of takes for granted <laughs> that you yeah it explains a little but it, it still takes for granted that you know what devil's reign is uh, it doesn't outright say some things so like you will be better off if you've read that um but i still really enjoy this i mean this is more you know chip zadarsky uh electra uh that daredevil run has been has been really great um this is you know dealing more with electra's like past with the hand her goal to like take over the or sorry uh cut down the hand for forever and be done with that um we get a little bit more insight into her past a little more insight into her relationship with matt and there's just like it is very if you are interested in that electra matt murdoch dynamic this is a good issue for you for me it ultimately came down to the very end when there's a reveal of like who will be her foe moving forward that like, and I'm going to get into spoilers. I'm actually, we haven't really spoiled much in the issues, but we are going to get into spoilers here. Cause I want to say it, uh, Craven, the Hunter having that thing at the end, Holy cow. I was so excited. Cause like this kind of new Daredevil, or sorry, this new Electra versus that I'm, I'm in like for next issue. Uh, so I was kind of back and forth on this issue, but it was still really good. But that end got me for next issue. what do you guys think? I think it did the central job of making me, believe Electra Nachos can be a very compelling uh, character in her own Daredevil mantle and kind of updating the character for like modern sensibilities and doing that whole thing very well that I want to get into who she is more. She has the right mix of kind of complexities and issues, but still kind of a strong character foundation. So I think she'll be an interesting Daredevil and I want to see her rumble Craven. I was like, yes, at yes. the end of this. Uh, Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, this was my first comic introduction to Electra. Oh yeah. So uh, I was I was just eating it up. I was just so excited <laughs> to get to know her. Um, I literally only have that one reference of like Jennifer Garner. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it it she's stunning and thoughtful and. Um, and I'm just really excited to see where it goes. Like, I know there was a lot of like thought bubbles and things like that, but I, that helped me to kind of understand her thought process. So as an introduction, if you don't really know the character very well, I feel like it is an okay starting point for me, at least like I know who she is, but I don't know her personally. Right. I know that sounds crazy. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Like this was an easy read for me and, and very enjoyable. Yeah. 
Awesome. Uh, Jenna, have you been keeping up with Daredevil? Um, I sure. have been, yeah. Anything Chips Zdarsky is writing right now is Pretty just, much. I'm going to dive into it because I'm probably going to love it. I, I still love this decision so much to make Electra Daredevil. I have yeah. always loved, like, whenever Electra has gotten some sort of solo thing, like, I love, like, the little mini series where she goes to Las Vegas and, like, all of the kind of weirder <laughs> things that she's gotten over the years. So it's cool to see her in this context and the idea of her just 1v1ing Craven. I'm very excited to see wh- where that goes from here. Yeah. Oh, so excited. Also, next week, uh, spoiler, we will be talking about uh, Chip's Batman book. Uh, mm-hmm. And very excited to talk about that because I got all kinds of thoughts. <laughs> so very, very excited to talk about that. Um, and last book, uh, this was the poll winner. And uh, I was very excited because I remember a couple, I think a couple shows ago, uh, Justice League came up, like Brian Bendis' Justice League came up. Uh, and I was, I've been reviewing that and reading that for, for a while. Uh, so then when we got justice league versus Legion, uh, you can check out, uh, the interview with Brian, uh, on the site right now, talking all about the issue, but I was excited that this one, <laughs> cause I really like this issue a lot. This is very much a, um, it's actually not, it's a classic, uh, one of those where it's versus in the title. This is justice league versus Legion of superheroes, number one, but it's really not a versus in this issue. It's very much a, you know, familial, like, hey, it's awesome to, to meet these legends and you get this kind of crossover uh, both in time and with characters. And so you're seeing them at different points in time. And and there's just a lot of like, oh, my God, I get to meet Batman type, you know, Brainiac 5 gets to talk to Batman type thing. So if you're a fan of both of these teams, uh, it's just really cool. It's a really fun moment. And then there's an overall kind of through line of this kind of uh, mysterious villain so to speak it's not really even really a villain it's just like this effect that's happening that's like taking certain people out of the legion's time and putting them into our time and so you're having the biggest thing that surrounds this is actually triplicate girl who you know there's that person is like three different people that can merge but then can split into the three different people and they all have different personalities they really are kind of like three separate people but they all kind of have the same wavelength and you have one of them who is plucked away because they weren't merged when this effect happened and then when they show back up they're like way older and so now you're like okay well do we merge again or what what happens to us if we merge with like this older version of ourselves it's just really interesting and because the legion is made up of so many just very out there characters with very out there powers and, and different planets and things like that it's just fun. There's a lot of thought to play with. So I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I am interested to see when we get to the actual verses and hopefully that kind of happens in the next issue or so of kind of defining what really the conflict is. But as a whole, I, I really, I really ate this up with a spoon. Uh, what'd you guys think? I read Star Wars. I didn't read this, and I wouldn't. <laughs> and you just described something that sounded like Cable's origin, and I you didn't. I uh, did not. Triple Girl is not Cable's origin. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Janelle? What? Um, I, no I I was a little <laughs> lost, honestly. Like I I really didn't know what was going on, and it it sucks when I know I have to read quite a few comics because. I don't like having to like retrace my steps. I don't like having to keep like going back and going, wait a minute, what happened here? Wait, why is that? And who is that happening to? And I, and so for me, it wasn't as easy to follow, but, and it was wordy. Like there's a lot of super wordy talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you really don't want to have to double read. I I probably, I'm not really interested in where it's going, Um, but I will read it. The voters got it wrong. 
<laughs> well, it, I, I like strange, right? Like you have your favorite hero and you kind of gravitate towards what is going on. A couple of people in the chat said like, I don't really like what death of Dr. Strange is doing. And I get that. Like, it's not my favorite strange, you know, series, but, uh, but I, but I like it cause it's, it's got my character in there. So I, I just, there were a few new characters in here that I don't really know. Uh, so I, I, I have to do this. I have to put in the work. I have to read books like this, but that is what it, it for me, it was putting in the work and getting familiar with the storyline with some of these characters. And there are other books that I can just read and I'm like, Oh, I just love this. Like, so it was yeah. a little bit of, it was a little tedious for me. So, but I don't have, hate any comics. Can I just right. say, like, <laughs> yeah. I get to read comic books. This is amazing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, while we have to go, um, I know we, we need to wrap. Uh, so, one, I know you read Doctor Strange. I'm a huge Elsa Bloodstone fan. Did you like that issue, Jenna Blake? Yes, okay. I, but I love every. I love. I love Strange. I love magic mysticism. I love every new character that I may not be familiar with. I still love meeting them because they're in my wheelhouse. So yes, I've been super enjoying it. But we can definitely come back and I can tell you my favorite Doctor Strange comics too. Sweet, <laughs> awesome, and that's comics. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank Jenna Anderson for stopping by to help promote uh, Peacemaker and her coverage and her interviews are all up. Great on interview. Comicbook.com <laughs> uh, in our video section, or you can check out our DC section for more of our Peacemaker coverage. Jenna is also on Phase Zero, our Marvel podcast, where she joins co-hosts uh, Brandon Davis, Jamie Girac, Aaron Perrine, and... Anybody else who sneaks their way in, Jim, to that podcast every Wednesday at noon on this same Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook channels. And you can subscribe to Phase Zero on your favorite podcast platforms. We are Comic Book Nation, the kind of general hodgepodge mess of all this comicbook.com staffing and geek coverage goodness. And you can find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube every Friday at noon. And if you missed a live show or just want the audio version, we are on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or tell any smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll just fire it up right there for you. If you like the show, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. And you can find all of these lovely people online on socials as well. I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. I am at, hey, it's Jenna Lynn. And oh. Janelle is on, Janelle's I'm on muted, muted right now. Muted. Oh. <laughs> and I'm Janelle Wheeler. Goodness gracious. You know where to find me, guys. I'm and on Twitch, too. <laughs> it wouldn't be Comic Book Nation if we did not have an awkward ending. You know how this show goes. So everybody have a good week, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>